Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. What is up, you guys? Happy Tuesday. How's everyone doing this week? Hope it's going well. Here we are. Do I sound different to anyone? Let me know. I'm on a new mic. Probably not. <laughs> I feel like your other mic was actually your other mic was actually more expensive than these ones, right? Um, I don't know. It might have been. I don't I think, think it was so. like a co- I don't think it was a completely different like ballpark, but yeah. It was probably like a couple tens more. <laughs> yeah. We're on the same mic now, so that's fun. Yeah. I've always had a Yeti and Kylie had a different one from work, but now you're also on a Yeti. Yeah. I'm like the other one was giving no. us some trouble. So. <laughs> yeah, the other one was giving us trouble as as you guys know from what two episodes back now? Yeah, it was like weirdly pausing, kind of like skipping. Yeah. Um yeah. so but and we put in the description that we figured it out for the next episode, but we really didn't. We had no idea why it did that. So <laughs> But it, it But now we figured it out. Yeah. So. so but here we are. Um happy Tuesday. We are Finally doing a, an episode like not about the new year. I feel like you guys really like our like New Year's goals, years in review episode, but you also like our more like fun, lighthearted episodes. So that's what we're bringing you uh, today. We are doing a Reddit React episode and I love these episodes. I think they end up being really fun <laughs> yeah. and people on Reddit are crazy, man. And I love it. I live for it. <laughs> they really be giving us that good content to react yeah. to. So Well, and Anya and I were talking, we'll be reacting to uh, the Am I the Asshole thread mm-hmm. because we've, if you've been listening for a while, we've read from other threads as well, but no one delivers like <laughs> the Am I the Asshole contributors. If you're so a Am I the Asshole contributor, you know how to tell a story, okay? Yeah, you're they really you're do. giving us the climax, the resolution. You're giving it all to us. And we honestly thank you for that. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Oh, you're using the mug. Oh, yes. Um, Anya got me a mug that said, I survived the Eras Tour ticket pre-sale. So thank you for my <laughs> service as well. <laughs> what but tea yeah. are you bringing today? Uh, such a good question. I am bringing the ginger turmeric tea. Oh, nice. That sounds uh, very spicy. Yeah, it is a little spicy. Um, I, TMI, am on my period. So I was like, I should give my body something a little like mm, yeah. nourishing, anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a there's a lot of inflammation that happens yeah. with the I've got um, Sleepy Time Honey from that brand. It's like <laughs> Celestial something. And yeah, they always yeah. have the cutest illustrations. I literally like cry looking at them because they're like <laughs> so precious. It's always like this bear in like different situations and they're like very nostalgic. Like it looks like a children's yeah. book. It's so cute. Yeah. So honestly, that's why I buy the tea. But yeah. Anyways, we could sit here all day and talk about tea or we could get into our weekend review. Wow. Yeah, that was a good one. That was good. So um, I feel like – so you're going to talk about preparing for the dance show, and that applies to both yeah. of us. So why don't we start cool. there? Yeah. So when you are listening to this, it is after 
our dance show, right? Mm-hmm. Do I have that timeline right? Yeah. Uh, but when we are recording this, it is actually the Wednesday before our dance show. So our first show is in a week and a day. And I like – so it's my first season dancing with this company. And I like <laughs> knew that the show week was like a lot – But I was kind of like living in a blissful ignorance this whole season of like what this is all going to surmount to. And now just most of my friends truthfully are like people who have been in it for a couple of seasons. And all they're talking about is how like (laughs) horrific this next week is going to be. And I'm starting to get a little nervous. I have Um, a lot of anxiety about it. It's not that it's a horrific week. Like I want to make it clear because that makes it sound so bad it's just like a very chaotic week in the same way that you can think of like our competition weekends were yeah but just like actually like longer like we had crazy competition weekends that felt so chaotic it's like that but like make it a week you know yeah and work in between so it's like you can imagine the vibes but it's like it's a fun vibe like everyone's excited to be there whenever but just like the amount of prep that you have to do and like I've, I feel like I have like a lot of self-maintenance to do beforehand. I got to like shave. I got to tan. I got to like review some things. So it is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like I'm starting because this week is sort of like the more like self-maintenance, self-care week of it all. So like that's starting to happen. Um, I'm on birth control pills. So I actually like purposely got my period this week so I wouldn't have to mm. worry about it next week. Because uh, I was supposed to get it next week, and I was like, "No, that's not happening." Absolutely not. Um, I make so, sure I check mine. Actually, let me, let me uh, confirm. Yeah. That. <laughs> um. So I just I'm trying to mentally prepare. I did end up taking Friday off of work next week because I'm like I have a feeling that I'm just gonna need a day to like get my act together, and then like does give me a four day weekend. I think you took Friday off too. Yeah, because um, I haven't the past two seasons, and I've regretted it because we have a. We have to be at dress rehearsal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we have a Thursday night show, a Friday night show, and two on Saturday. So it's just like – it's – yeah. To go straight from Thursday to Friday with no break is a lot. Yeah. I'm also – my intrusive thoughts are like, what if you don't have that Monday off? And I'm like – It's MLK day. I feel like you have to. Yeah. I don't have Monday off. Sad. So thank God I took Yeah. I mean like in the spring season – or in the in for the June show, like no one has that Monday off. It's not a long weekend, so like it's doable. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'm glad I checked that. I kind of want to double check that. I don't, do I believe that? Well, whatever. Okay, I still get a long weekend because I took Friday off. I'm yeah. mentally preparing. That might send me into a spiral later, but I that, <laughs> I'll I won't do that on the podcast. <laughs> At least um, we can like work from home and make it like a chill day like do laundry at the same time regardless so very true um so yeah that's kind of my week it's like that weird I'm anxious but I don't I really don't know why just because I don't know just anticipation yeah anxious anticipation is is the vibe um Mm -hmm. and it's the first week back at work too so I'm already kind of like what do I do for a job again and on top of that I'm like Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, next week is gonna be crazy. But I completely we'll agree, okay. and I feel bad because my intern is starting next week too. Like we have a a new class of interns that all start, and so I feel like I'm just gonna be like such a chaotic manager for like her first week. I'm gonna be like, listen, I'm working seven thirty to three thirty all week. I will not be here on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> be free. <laughs> yeah, but um, we'll get through it. And it's like again, it's why we 
do it. Like not only do we love dancing week to week, but like being on stage is like the yeah. best, most fun part. It's just a lot of preparation uh, that goes into it. So yeah. Um, but yeah, ditto to all of that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention for my week in review is that um, Kylie knows I had a stressful deadline today for work. Yes. And I won't. I don't know why. It doesn't really like matter to anyone what it was for. It was basically like this big grant application from mm. um, the government. <laughs> and I work at a nonprofit. So we apply for, you know, money for things like that. And um, it was a really like cruel dual due date. So um, we're recording pretty far in advance. I believe this doesn't come out for like two weeks, but we're recording on the 4th. And so the deadline was January 4th, which is like so mean because they know yeah. everyone's just coming back from the holidays. So it's like, how do they expect anyone to put together like a quality proposal? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so anyways, it was something that my boss thought she would be able to like manage mostly on her own. And then like, as the day went on, like I just kept getting like looped more and more into it. And we were like really up against the clock. And I wrote in our script that it was like very good for two things for me. One, that it was good exposure therapy in the sense, like not everyone works the way I do. (laughs) Like, Mm. and I always need like reminders of that. Like I'm very deadline oriented, very like deadline anxious, some may say. And we had to like submit through this portal And so I was like ready in the portal like an hour before, like I wanted to like submit the documents and like make sure it was all good. And I was like freaking out. And meanwhile, my boss was like, just, you know, chilling, typing away, like we'll get it in when we get it in, like kind of thing. And I'm like, ah. And then um, the other aspect that I think it's good to be challenged in is uh, not letting the enemy be the perfect, not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. That's how you say it. Yeah. Um, And I would get that comment sometimes at work, like as like constructive criticism. And I was always like, what do you mean? <laughs> like I was like, I don't really get that. Um, yeah. But I feel like this was a good example because for me, I felt like we were so up against this deadline that like, for if it were me applying to something, I can't even think of a good example, but like applying for some award like individually or something like that. And if I was on the timeline that this was and had to write as much as we did in the two days, I would just say like, I'm not going to do it. Like I would just say, I'm, I'm not going to bother submitting because it's not going to be like my highest quality work. So like, what's the point? Yeah. But like my boss is completely opposite of that. And she's like, we should just like, you know, throw our hat in the ring and see what happens. Like it's, you know, might as well try kind of thing. Uh, and so like, that's what we did. And it's like, yes, I could have worked on this for like two more weeks and like tweaked it and made every single sentence perfect and whatever. But like, I'm sure the outcome wouldn't be like all that different, to be honest. And at yeah. least we went for it. So anyways, I just wanted to share those lessons. It was a very like, it was a, a challenging professional day <laughs> in that it like pushed me outside of a lot of comfort zones that I would prefer like I would rather have time to make things perfect and I would rather submit yeah. like way ahead of the deadline and like I couldn't do either of those things but yeah we still got it done and we'll see I mean we won't hear for like a month probably but um either way like it's a good exercise so yeah anyways that's actually funny because I had like both of those things came up today for me at work too mm-hmm. in like a lesser sense I wasn't up against a deadline but I we're redoing all of our like website copy, not all, but like a good chunk of our website copy. And we've been having a lot of meetings recently where we'll just like, the marketing team will pull up the webpage and just like live edit the copy on the webpage right then and there. And through these, I'm learning that I like am not good at editing on the spot. Like I feel like by the time I've actually digested what's in front of me and like thought of edits, someone else has already said it or they've moved on to another section. And I'm just like, 
mm-hmm. not I don't know what to do. So I was talking to um, the like consultant that's working with our company right now, and I was like, yeah, I'm learning that like I'm really bad at editing on the spot like that. Like I feel like I'm really quiet in those meetings, and it's not because I'm not like paying attention or taking it seriously. It's actually I'm doing quite the opposite. Like I'm paying a lot of attention and trying to like get stuff in there, but I feel like it's just moving so fast. Yeah. And he was kind of he was like, oh, I'm really glad you said that. Like I have noticed you were quiet and like not that I didn't think that you were paying attention, but I was curious why you like weren't contributing, if you like didn't feel comfortable contributing. And I was like, no, it's not a comfort thing. I just like literally my brain doesn't work that fast and that on the spot. Like I, I'm more comfortable taking something away for 30 minutes and like Mm -hmm. digesting it and being like more thoughtful about it. And he was like, he had really good advice where he was like, you know, with blog content and gated content, that's like the perfect space to be really thoughtful. And he was like, and that's your wheelhouse. So it makes sense that you're really comfortable there. He was like, but with website copy, you don't want to let perfect be the enemy of the good. Like you can kind of just like spit fire it out. You don't need to spend a lot of time on it so we can get it out there. And I was like, that's a good point, Miles. It was a good conversation, but I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, <laughs> look yes. at us. I'm like, learning it's the same like thing. we were raised working on things for months at a time <laughs> to only have a limited amount of time to prove ourselves while doing it. Wow. <laughs> Wow, interesting. Unpack that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, calling my therapist again. Anywho. <laughs> All right, let's get into our favorites. So I have two quick favorites for you today. The first one is one of Grant's Christmas presents, actually. And I always thought about getting him one of these, but it just like never floated to the top of our list. Um, but we're both big like ice people. <laughs> Mm. I love ice in my water. Like I like, I know that's not like the best for your body. Apparently like from temp water is supposed to be best for like hydrating you. I've heard. Um, but I love a, like a chilled, crunchy, cold water. Uh, and like, I love ice in like my drinks and we make some like at home cocktails and stuff and we never really have enough ice. Like we're always battling with lack of ice, I guess. So, um, his mom got him an ice maker and it's on our it's in like our little pantry area now and it mm. is so nice to wow. have like an excess of ice. We don't run it all the time because I think it would probably use a lot of energy. Like it's kind of like a its own freezer in a way. Um, yeah. But if we know that we're like, for example, like over the break on New Year's, like we knew we were going to be making some cocktails. And so like you turn it on like an hour before and you have like all this like fresh excess of ice and it's like the fun shape with like the hole in the middle. Ooh. So, yeah. Because that's how it like makes it. It like makes it yeah. like that and then it raises up and like pushes it off. Like that's how the machine works. So it has to have Ooh. that little hole to have that shape. And anyway, it's just great. So I don't really know how much it was or where it was from, but I'll try to find the one that we have and link it uh, in the description because it has been a like surprising quality of life improvement. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and it's nice because sometimes I get the ick from my ice being in the freezer too long. I don't know. Does that happen to you? Like Sometimes yeah. freezer air just kind of gives me the ick and I'm like, this yeah. ice is like freezer burned and this way it's like fresh ice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember – I'm going to out myself for a stupid comment, but I just thought of it. We, You were talking about like ice makers generally. I think you were even thinking about getting Grant that for Christmas. Yeah. I thought about point. it before. And you're like, oh, but it'll take up a lot of room on the counter, which sounds like you guys figured out where to put it. And I go, can't you just put it in the freezer? And you go, that's a nice tray. <laughs> I was like, you know, that exists. Um, it's a lot lower tech. I just thought that was funny. Anyways, but I'm glad that it is, you're finding it useful. That's yeah, exciting. it is chunky. Like if you don't have a lot of counter space, Chunks. I don't know if it's worth it unless you like love ice. It's probably the size of like an air fryer. 
Um, but okay. we have ours like next to all of our other beverage materials. Like we have like our kettle or an espresso. So it like makes sense in that area. Sure. Um, and yeah, it's been great. And then my other recommendation is as I've been working on this intense deadline, it's honestly like writing a thesis, writing these like grant reports. Like it really reminds me of school. Like you have to be super focused and you're doing like footnotes and like all those things. Um, and so I've been like trying to find new things to listen to. Cause in December I was listening to only like Christmas music or like Christmas instrumentals and that kind of stuff. And I'm kind of like, now what? Um, so I was looking on YouTube and I was listening to a lot of animal crossing music, <laughs> which is fun because you feel like a little villager, like you're just like doing your tasks for the day and it's like lighthearted and nice. Um, yeah. but I noticed, I didn't know that a lot of YouTube has like Pomodoro videos. Like, I just didn't know that was like a genre of like study content. Like, apparently, that's a thing. And so, you could like turn on this video and it'll play whatever music for, um, I think, it, what is a Pomodoro? Like 20 minutes and then a five minute break. So, it'll play yeah. the music or whatever it is for 20 minutes. And then it'll like remind you to like step away and like take a break for five minutes and then come back. And I just thought that was like nice because it's a little more mindless than like having to time it yourself. And then, you still get like the nice music. I don't know. I just thought yeah. that was interesting. So that is you nice. have a focus project coming up. Give it a try. Yeah. There you go. Uh, my favorite this week, I have two journal recommendations. Uh, I mentioned in a past episode that 2023 was going to be the year of journaling for me. And look at me go. The first one I was gifted. It is the Papier, Papier mm-hmm. uh, Wellness Journal. And it's like a daily journal and you write out like your intention for the day. You can track your sleep. You can write down like the activity, like workout you want to do for the day, your meals, um, list out some self-care for the day. And then there's a second page. I do that like in the morning. And then there's a second page to talk about like what went well for the day, a space to like just jot down thoughts and feelings um, and then write what you're grateful for that happened in the day and like a little mood tracker thing. So it's really easy. Like in the morning and at night, it takes like five minutes. Um, but it's been really nice to like get me in the habit of doing it because it's something to do morning and night. Uh, and then the other one is the No Particular Order Journal, mm-hmm. which is by our fave Margot Lee. We've definitely talked about her on the pod. Uh, she came out with a journal and it's a prompted journal. So each page has a different prompt on it. And I believe the idea is that like you don't have to do it in a particular order, <laughs> hence the name, um, but like you could flip to any random prompt and do it, write it out and it's not like building on itself. So that's kind of how I've been using it. Like every day I'll just kind of flip to a random page in the book and fill out like there's two prompts that you see when you open the book. So I'll just fill out whichever one is more interesting to me in the moment. Um, and I really, really like it. She knocks it out of the park. And I'm trying to figure out how I want to design my cover because the cover yeah, it's a lot is of like, pressure. yeah, it's like paper basically. Like it's just like a thicker, like, I don't know how to describe it, like a cardstocky mm-hmm. type of paper. So you can like draw on it, you can glue stuff on it, get stickers. So I've been toying with how I want to design it or if I just kind of want to let like the wear and tear of using it sort of be the design because I kind of like that idea too. Like I've thought about like making like hot coffee and like placing it on it to try to get Mm. like the coffee rings, things like that. Yeah. I haven't cracked into mine yet. I meant to on like one of the days off and then I just didn't. So that's a good reminder. But I also felt a lot of pressure of how to design my cover. 
And I was thinking what might be cool is like adding one little element every time you write in it, like Mm. adding a little doodle every time you open it. So then like by the end, it's kind of like a big collage of like doodles or like maybe adding, have you seen like, maybe I'm just on embroidery TikTok, but there's this embroidery thing where you have like a hoop and every day of the year you embroider something from your day. So you could add like a word that happened to you that day or like something. I don't know. That's what I'm leaning towards. That's kind of fun. Yeah. And then by the end you have like, you've decorated it with like how your year or like whatever period of time was. Yeah. All right. Something to think about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I highly recommend. I think it's sold out right now. Um, but we'll link it so that you can. I don't know if she does like email updates or something, mm-hmm. that, so that you can get your hands on it. But and it also like was not that expensive, honestly. Yeah. I think it was the same as the same price as the Papier one. So yeah, like thirty or something, thirty five. Yeah, something like that. Definitely like pricier for a journal. But when she first dropped it, I was expecting it to be like fifty, honestly. Yeah. So we'll take it. All right, we're going to take a quick ad break and then we will be back to read you the Am I the Asshole story times and decide for ourselves, are they the asshole? The asshole. So stay tuned. If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. All right. We are Kylie's going to kick it off with our first story here. And we've yes. both like seen the titles of these, but yes. I don't have like a ton of detail on any of them. Yeah. So I just did a light skim. So. Yeah. Relative first reaction. Yep. All right. Am I the asshole for not wanting to continue supporting my daughter's 12 female gymnastics training? So when my daughter was young, we introduced her to gymnastics. She was totally hooked and kept asking for more and more lessons. We encouraged her, thinking she will eventually lose interest. Now she is 12, training 20 hours a week, spending weekends after weekends competing at high-level competitions. 
Problem is, she is 5'7 already and still growing. She's starting to have ambition for D1 scholarships or even the Olympics. That makes me very worried. Being 5'7 basically kills her chance of going to the Olympics. D1 gymnastics scholarships are already rare. The odds of her getting one with her height is even more rare. It makes me feel bad that our daughter is very, very dedicated. She's almost always the first one at the gym and the last one to leave. She watches replays of her routine on her our drive to training, turns down social media events, social media events, jeez, social like, events. Is she an influencer? <laughs> <laughs> social events because she needs to train, does extra conditioning at home, etc. Yet I cannot justify blowing thousands of dollars a year and hundreds of hours in time every year to gamble on something with so little chance of success. All the hours spent at her training, driving her to competition, is already causing our family life to suffer. She under-rotates her skills because of her height and gets injured more frequently than others. Her academics are suffering because of her gymnastics commitment. Her life is going in the wrong direction because of gymnastics. The band-aid is better ripped off earlier than later. My husband agrees. I broke the news to my daughter. Frankly, it breaks my heart to tell her to give up something she has worked so hard for. I told her I know she is a hard worker. She would get much better reward if she channels her hard work elsewhere, like in school or another sport. Hell, she plays tennis with the family only casually, yet she was able to win a few under-12 tournaments locally. If that's not talent, I don't know what is. Needless to say, she did not take that well. She cried and cried and cried, locking herself in her room, refusing to eat, saying maybe if she doesn't eat, she will become shorter. Oh, the poor thing. I know. It's so sad. I told her over and over that I love her and I just want the best for her, but she wouldn't have any of it. I tried to reason with her, telling her chasing a dream is not is a privilege, not a right. No use. My husband has now softened, even though we used to have an agreement. Our family is now phoning us to try to persuade us to let her continue training, even offering support for training costs and pickup drop-offs. If she has the right body type to be an elite gymnast, or if she is tall like she is but is not struggling because of her height, I would support her unconditionally. However, that is not the case. Sometimes I feel like giving in, but to think it through, I was the person who drove her to training and competition. I am the breadwinner who paid for her training. It should be my right to call it off, especially as a parent. Help me out, Reddit. Am I in the wrong? Uh, I have so many thoughts on this one because <laughs> – I picked it because I thought we could bring interesting perspective as yeah. not like elite gymnasts, but, you know, comparably dedicated to dance throughout dance, high school. Yeah. And like we were dancing um, on the same amount of hours, if not more, um, than this girl was doing gymnastics. So I felt like we could bring the perspective of people that like did yeah. continue. Um, and I feel like my gut reaction is kind of like, why does it have to be all or nothing? You know yes. what I mean? Like. I don't really understand why if she's not going to be elite, she should just quit. Like if she's not going to go to the Olympics, yeah. she should just quit. Like I think of us growing up in dance and I feel like we learned like so many valuable skills other than yeah. like dance technique that like I take throughout like my life every day. Like how to be on schedule, how to like, you know, communicate with other people, how to, you know, there's like so many things. Yeah. So I don't know. It just, it's sad that it's like an all or nothing situation for this mom. It seems like. Yeah. I you took the words out of my mouth like I don't think it has to be all or nothing and also she's 12 like she's a kid so right now she's saying oh I want to be an Olympic gymnast or whatever literally give her two years when she's Mm -hmm. 14 and she might not want that anymore like you know what I mean and I know like the mom said that her grades are suffering she's getting injured a lot I can see the injury like being a cause for concern for sure um, 
I don't know what types of injuries we're talking about, but like I, I could see that as a parent being like, okay, like I don't want my kid to like be seriously injured when she's 16 because of this. But like even her grades suffering, I'm kind of like at 12 years old, it doesn't really matter what <laughs> your grades are like. Like, and yeah. also, I don't know. I just think there's a solution where like maybe instead she says, listen, like I know you're really dedicated to, to gymnastics, but like you do need to turn your grades around a bit and like find a compromise there. Be yeah. like, you know, but I, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like it, she can still do it. And then when she's a little bit older, then you can have a conversation around like managing expectations if she still is like dreaming of D1 scholarships and going to the Olympics. But and I'm sure like she'll know that too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe now your daughter's a little yeah. naive to it because she's so young, but like as she grows up, I'm sure she'll be aware that she's kind of like facing adversity with, you know, her yeah. height and like how she's built and everything. And it sucks that it's like that. But it is comparable to dance too. Like it, to pursue dance professionally, you unfortunately have to have like a certain body type too, yeah. and that turns some people away. And um, yeah, I think I guess I just I'm not as familiar with gymnastics, but like if this was a dance like framed story time, I would just be like, why can't she just do like rec dance? Like she doesn't have to like compete, but just like have her yeah. do a couple classes a week, like stay in it, like enjoy it, do it for yeah. fun. But like she doesn't have to completely quit. Like maybe yeah. I don't know if that's an option with gymnastics to do like a more recreational oh, kind of I, level or whatever. But I'm seems sure like that would be is. a good compromise. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, and again, I think she, at the very least, the mom could have given it a couple more years to see if her interests actually changed. Because what I was into at twelve, like we were into dance our whole lives, but like realistically, what I was into at 12 was not the same as what I was into at 14, 15, 16. Like, my interest changed over that time. So that might be the case here. Mm -hmm. And instead, you just, like, shattered her dreams for, like, kind of no reason. Yeah. Um, Let's see what Reddit thought. So Reddit has it labeled as asshole, but the top thread has both someone saying you're the asshole and someone going not the asshole. So the – you're the asshole comment is you're taking away her passion instead of trying to come up with a compromise that still allows her to train and participate in what she loves. I was a dancer and too tall for anything but the corpse and ballet. You know what? I continue to dance into my late teen years. I was aware of my limitations, but dance was never taken away from me. You are taking something from your daughter without even discussing it with her or trying to work something out, which is also yeah. a good point. There was never like a discussion the daughter yeah. was told. And like, I feel like that's how you lose trust like growing up too. Yeah. Like if you're not really involved in like decisions for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And then the not the asshole one is an ex-athlete here that peaked at a whopping 5'2 in a tall person sport. I completely see both sides. Constant overtraining is just going to lead to a lifetime of injuries. I am 46 and need surgery on three joints, but I loved playing and no one could tell me to stop. So here I am broken by age 40 and in a lifetime of pain. Maybe try diving, same skills, not the same height limitations. That's honestly yeah, a good I think, suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I But I still think that the not the asshole person is getting to the point of like, it should have been a discussion, not a being told what to do like I get that you're it, you're the parent and like your daughter's only 12 years old and like yes she is going to be naive to certain things but she's not so young that like she can't handle at least like a little bit of a back and forth discussion so she at least feels like heard yeah. and like she had a part in the decision yeah 
So I'm I'm going We're asshole. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry. We, we come from like a sensitive position of like we did pursue something seriously that we really loved. Yeah. So it's like hard for us to see it any other way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And also we're not parents. So. And, and that. We do not have a kid. So. So. All right. Next story time is loading. Am I the asshole for bringing my sister-in-law's? Do we think that's sister? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Am I the asshole for bringing my sister-in-law's wallet to the restaurant when she conveniently always forgets it? Um, so my female 28 sister-in-law, Amy, female 26, always comes to visit from out of town. She stays with us instead of a hotel and always wants to go to expensive restaurants. She always constantly or she always conveniently forgets her wallet or comes up with some excuse as to why she can't pay her share. She has implied that since I make so much more money than her, I should be the one to pay. No, not my husband should pay, but me specifically. <laughs> um, so not her like husband, that's the brother, but her. Yeah. Um, I do make a fair amount of money, but not so much that I can treat someone every time they come into the town. Nonetheless, in the past, I have just paid the bill and asked her to pay me back, and she never has. She made a reservation at an extremely expensive restaurant last night, and before we left, I made it clear that I wouldn't be paying her bill. This is where I may be the asshole, and I'll admit that I got this move straight from an episode of Two and a Half Men. As we were leaving, her and my husband went to the car. I pretended I forgot something and went back inside. I found her wallet sitting right on top of her suitcase. I put it in my purse, and we went to the restaurant. When we were done eating, I asked for separate bills. She said, no, we need one bill because she forgot her wallet again. I reached in my purse and said, this wallet? She was extremely furious. She said that I should not have touched or grabbed her wallet. So am I the asshole for taking her wallet and bringing it to the restaurant? T. I – so I don't want to say I don't completely see Amy's point. Like I would be a little peeved if someone like stole my wallet. Wallets are very like – they're very valuable. Yeah. Um, but she did just leave it out on her suitcase. Like, it's not like, like if this woman had like rummaged through all of her stuff to find yeah. it and bring it, I'd be like, eh, you're, you're towing the line. Really all she did was look in the room, saw it was right there and brought it and didn't use anything inside of the wallet. And like, clearly this woman's like purposely forgetting her wallet and booking dinner at expensive restaurants in like a pretty exploitive way so, yeah i if when i first read the um like the title of this post i thought that like op stole her wallet and like used it to pay for like her dinner without the sister-in-law mm. there and i'm like that's kind of savage but this is i i don't think this is that bad it's not great but i don't think you're an asshole for it yeah so um reddit did say not the asshole um i feel like in some ways i've noticed there's another category on this um subreddit which is like everyone everyone's an asshole have you seen yeah. those i feel like yeah. that's a little bit the yeah. situation because i would agree obviously the sister-in-law is like it's not cool to always expect people to like make your visit like a big occasion and like pay for you and stuff but yeah. also like you could have had more of a discussion but it's not like the deepest thing that she did like it's not that big of a deal um and that's kind of what the what are these people called like responders yeah are saying um so someone said not the asshole but you totally should have flipped the switch left your wallet at home only brought your license so she had to cover the whole bill and then never taken her out to a restaurant again yeah um and then one of the other comments says 
My play would have been to run in for the thing I forgot, grab the wallet, and then get in the vehicle and say, oh, while I was in, I saw your wallet, so I grabbed it for you. I didn't want you to forget it. That way it's more like a, oh, look how nice I am for thinking of you thing. That would still make them look like a total cow to argue with instead of I'm on to you, fuck you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Both great points. Both great points. Or even like, I don't know. So she made this reservation. You could have like tried to get out of going to dinner. Like, you could have been like, oh, my God, I completely forgot I have this, like, other engagement. I can't go. Like, you guys have fun at the reservation. Uh, And then they're, like, stuck going to this expensive restaurant or they just don't go. And either way, like, you're not paying for their dinner and they kind of lose out. Yeah. Um, One point that we haven't really touched on that I see someone else mentioned here is they said how, you know, she stays at their place for free. So if you were to travel and stay with someone, you would typically, like, show your appreciation for letting them – Letting you stay there, like, you know, get them something, a wine or like treat them to a nice meal or whatever. So they're like, she's really not even doing that. So she's doing the opposite of that. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it is like a sort of everyone's the asshole thing, but OP, we've read worse things on Reddit. For sure. (laughs) All right. The next one. Oh, I'm excited about this one. I actually haven't read this one, I only know the title. Am I the asshole for serving fake meat and pretending it was real? My two daughters are vegetarian, but my husband and son are not. I'm probably what they call a flexitarian. Same girl. My son and husband always turn up their noses at tofu or any other meat alternatives. They say it's just weird that it's made to resemble real meat, so it's really the concept and not the taste. There are no allergies. My family and I often make two versions of dinner, one meat, one real – and twice the amount of pots and pans. I assume by real she means like vegetarian. Yeah, I think she messed that up. But basically they mean yeah. one veggie, one non. <laughs> yeah. Uh, twice the amount of pots and pans. There's an equal distribution of cleaning and cooking in this house, thankfully. My daughters had a fun prank idea of making two pots of spaghetti sauce under the pretense that one was meat. They were both the soy ground beef. Like an impossible meat slay. Mm-hmm. The goal here was to see if their brother and father actually hated the meat and to see if we could maybe save some dishes in dishes in time in the future. Everyone loved dinner. Both husband and son finished their plates. This was when my youngest couldn't hold it any anymore and told them. They both got very upset about being fed something other than what they were told. Reddit, am I the asshole? So to preface our commentary here, <laughs> yes, know that we are both – like pescatarian so we both yeah. very much embrace like impossible me and like impossible yeah. chicken nuggets like yeah i'm very pro like mock meat movement um, yeah pro mock meat pro tofu yeah we love it all yeah so just uh, know that going going in so the reason that i'm excited about this one is because i have actually done this <laughs> yeah tea. <laughs> which is concerning because spoiler alert reddit does have this labeled as asshole so uh i'm being very vulnerable with you guys right now But I, when I first went vegetarian, this was in like the first couple of months. So I wasn't even eating fish back at this time. Um, You know, I had like mentioned in passing to friends that I wasn't eating meat, but I assumed that most of my like friends and my like larger friend group at school probably didn't remember or didn't give much thought to my dietary preferences. So we were having a Super Bowl party and my friends wanted to make buffalo chicken dip. And at this time, the 
girls that I had been living with, they had tried some of like the mock meat alternatives that I was eating and they all liked it. And so me and my friend Emily were like, we should make the buffalo chicken dip with a like mock chicken alternative because it's buffalo chicken dip. It's going to get covered in sauces and cheese and no one's going to be able to tell. And then we can eat it. And so that's what we did. And we didn't tell anyone because we didn't want people to be like, oh, I'm not going to eat that because it's with mock meat because we knew it was going to be good. So we served it to all of our friends and I had several of my like guy friends come up to me and be like, this is one of the best buffalo chicken dips I've ever had. And at the end of the night, we told them, oh, by the way, like Kylie's vegetarian. We made it with fake meat because I was eating it all night. And they all were like totally chill with it because they were like, well, it was delicious. So like, cool, like good to know and just never thought of it again. So I'm very biased with like, I get that like... I don't I guess you could take the angle that like put like putting something into your body like you should have a say over what you consume and also like they pointed out there were no allergies like it was literally just a like snobby thing that they wouldn't eat the mock meat like they're not going to get sick they're going to be okay so I think it's a little overreactive not again not like the best move yeah but they OP could have done a lot worse (laughs) yeah and like I get that It's hard to – well, first of all, I've just always been a little confused about why people are grossed out by, like, mock meat in general. Like, to me, I'm kind of like, is it not less gross to eat, like, a soy product than, like, an animal? But I won't get on my soapbox. That's just, like, my – always been, like, my perspective. Um, And so I've always found it confusing when people were, were, like, extremely anti-mock meat. And I think there's, like, an argument to be made, too, that, like, if someone's, like, picky with something, they're never really going to come around – and like try it on their own. So I saw like some comment was saying like, you know how like parents will like puree vegetables into like a kid's yeah. like pasta sauce or whatever. And like, they won't know, but like it's better for them in the end kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of like that. But I, I do get like, you want to have like trust in like your family and yeah. know what you're eating and whatever. So I do think it's kind of like a, a tough gray area. Um, but, but I would I, say I, not the asshole. Yeah. I mean, world. it seems like it's a matter of like practicality. Like they just don't want to make two meals, which I totally get. And like my boyfriend does eat meat and like he's come around to eating all the mock meats that I eat. And, you know, if he wants to have like chicken or something on the side, like he'll make it himself. But like he likes impossible meat, like all that. So I think yeah, most people like it if they try it. And obviously they did too. So I'm kind of like a win's a win. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, So the top comment They are labeling them the asshole. They said, this is not really a meat eater vegetarian issue. Tricking someone into eating something other than what they thought they were eating is a massive breach of trust. The fact that the substitution is harmless is irrelevant. That your aim was clearly to shame or embarrass them over their dietary preferences does not help. Would it really be that different if they cooked meat and fed it to your daughters telling them it was soy? Yes, it would be different because that can literally make you ill, but. (laughs) Yeah, someone goes, well, yes, considering eating meat can be dangerous for long-term vegetarians. True. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like that's my thing. It's like. It's like harmless. It's harmless and they're probably eating some form of soy somewhere else in their diet, whereas like the daughters aren't eating meat anywhere else in their diet. So that's different. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I do get the like the breach of trust. I think it's a bit of a stretch to say that the aim was to shame or embarrass them over their dietary preferences. I think the aim was to get them to try something that they would not have tried otherwise to show that it was like actually good. 
Like, I didn't get the impression that they were trying to, like, make the son and husband feel bad about it in, like, a malicious sense. I don't know. I think I think it's a, a little bit of a stretch, but according to 26,000 other people, <laughs> we are We're definitely, wrong. like, biased here, but I also think, like, in general, and this is something that's talked about in, like, the vegetarian, like, community, I guess I would say, is, like, I feel like a lot of the discourse used to, like, shame people for not eating or for eating meat. And I think, like, yeah. the only way that you're actually ever going to convert people is to, like, be welcoming and say, like, hey, yeah. I know you're, like, sketched out by this, but, like, why don't you try it, like, once a week? We can make, like, all vegetarian food and, like, see how you like it. Like, I think it could have been more of, like, a conversation. It sounds like they were stubborn, so I don't know if they already tried that. But in yeah. general, I think that's, like, the philosophy that people yeah. need to take in general is to, like, show the benefits of it as opposed to, like, yelling at people for doing what they do. Um, yeah. So anyways, but. Yeah, it does seem like a lot of the comments re- like responding to that initial you're the asshole comment are sort of along the same lines as us, which mm-hmm. makes me feel better about my moral compass. So <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> yeah. I would say not the asshole, but like yeah, moral gray area, but like in my opinion, for sure. not the asshole. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. This one's spicy. Am I the asshole for not wanting my husband to go to his ex's funeral? Which I was saying to Anya, this title reminded me of that woman on TikTok and she went to her ex's funeral so that she could tell him so long. <laughs> this one's a little She's long, so I'll try to like skip lines that aren't relevant. Um, but it says, I'll admit I'm biased right off the bat. I couldn't stand her. I call her his ex to myself and others. He called her, quote, his friend. We're all in our early 40s. She died recently of an aneurysm. I've been with him for 10 years now, but he'd known her for 20 plus years. The way he tells it is that they were great friends in college, decided to date, got married, then realized they weren't a great couple and just wanted to be friends. All that happened years before I met him. He was clear early on that she was important. A couple months into dating, it came up that his friend was actually his ex-wife. He explained the above to me, saying she was one of his closest friends and that it was purely platonic. I expressed some discomfort at him being so close to an ex, and he told me, that's fine. If you have a serious issue with it, let me know now and save us some time. I'll choose her. I like you and all, but I've known her for over 12 years, and she's one of the most important people in my life. You'll have to be okay with that if you want us to be a thing. When we were engaged, I asked again. He gave me this perplexed look and asked, why would us getting married affect my friendships? I sucked it up and went along. I resented every moment of knowing her, especially when we had to be social. She understood some part of him that I couldn't. Her husband was friends with mine as well, so it's not like I could use him as an angle. It's kind of manipulative, I thought. Yeah. Um, He'd have lunch with the ex. They'd go to their geeky movies and whatever. The few times I brought it up, he said, we've had this conversation before. You had your chance to back out. She died after they had lunch the other day on the way to her car. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. He spent a bunch of time crying, but honestly, I was relieved. He was working with her husband on funeral planning. I told him, you don't think you're going, do you? My argument summed up. She's dead. So she's not a factor anymore. He doesn't get to use his she's my friend excuse since she doesn't exist anymore. He had his cry for a couple days. He gets to be done with mourning her already. There's no need to go to her funeral since I wouldn't want her at his. He was the angriest I've ever seen him when I told him that, replying that he'll be going no matter how I feel and that he's willing to burn this to the fucking ground while holding up his wedding band. Besides you, she was the closest friend in my life. Him, her husband, and my sisters are calling me an insensitive asshole over this, all saying that there was no romantic aspect to their relationship and that I'm heartless. Her husband went so far as to calling me a ghoul for how I've reacted. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, I never felt their relationship was appropriate, and I hid that for years because I wanted to be with my husband. Now that she's gone, I don't feel like I should have to hide it anymore and that I can speak freely. 
am I the asshole for wanting him to be done with her and for him to not attend the funeral? Babe. <laughs> Please. <laughs> first of all, actually, I don't, well, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> okay, first of all, he literally gave you an out. He literally was like, just so you know, I will choose her. So, like, you can hit the road if you're not okay with that. And you didn't hit the road. So, I don't know. It sounds like you, like, lied a little bit or weren't honest with yourself at the get-go. Yeah. And I get that that wouldn't feel good to hear. Like, as someone's partner, it wouldn't feel good to hear that you're their second choice to someone that they've known longer. But, again, you could have left. You could have left. (laughs) You could have left. And it's like it wasn't that long into their – they said a couple months into dating. So it's like, yeah, it, it wouldn't feel great, but it's not like you've devoted your life to this man. Like you could have jumped. And then where else do I go? Um, <laughs> the He doesn't get to use his she's my friend excuse since she doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I don't know if we know what the word exist means, my friend. <laughs> I feel we don't know that. Like, do you think when you die, you're just, you're, everything about you is erased? And I'm also Facebook kind of like, planet? clearly she still exists to you if you're this insecure. T. Like. <laughs> she said what she said, folks. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's giving insecure. It's giving um, anxious attachment. And I'm an anxious attachment, um, but I'm not a jerk. So. Yeah. No, this is pretty awful. And yeah. like. <laughs> Uh, my boyfriend Grant does have a lot of female friends too and I can see like sometimes I see other people that I know struggling with the fact that their boyfriend is like hanging out with a girl or like has a girlfriend from like a long time ago or whatever and I think I've just always been a little like desensitized to it because it's just always kind of like been a fact been a thing yeah and like I think if you don't trust your partner enough to like truly believe it's platonic then like that's its own problem too. Like clearly you're insecure yeah. because you am at, I mean, I'm assuming that it's because she thinks there's something deeper there. And maybe there yeah. is like, maybe, maybe they're like truly soulmates, like platonically, you can have a platonic soulmate. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, maybe they're like the people that understand each other the most in the world and you'll never, it sounded like she would never be on that level. And like that, that does suck. But again, you picked this outcome. Yeah. Like you chose to still be with him knowing yeah. how important she was and, yeah. Yeah. And also, <laughs> need us not forget that she literally died right after seeing the man of an aneurysm. Like, it's not like this That's was like traumatizing. A, yeah. Yeah. This wasn't a death that he had like a lot of time to come to terms with. And not to like make it sound like any death is a good way to die, but like, it's not like he had been grappling with months. Like, she was sick and he was grappling with months for months with her like passing. Yeah. Which you're still not in the right in that case. But just to, for the thought experiment like it was a traumatizing way for her to die obviously he's not going to have closure like he's probably not even going to get closure from going to the funeral so how do you expect him to like he really won't have it if he doesn't get to like say his like a proper goodbye yeah and like why do you expect him to be like to honor your preference and like be a good partner when like this is how you're treating him like imagine being a bad partner yeah like she's literally being the worst partner like (laughs) like genuine like everything that they tell you not to be in a partner she is embodying with like her chest (laughs) i don't understand like she's so unsupportive like she's literally relieved like i'm like maybe you can be that internally but like 
don't don't be don't, that yeah, externally. Those that are, is not what anyone needs right now. <laughs> those are the thoughts that you keep in your head. You yeah. Don't let them out. <laughs> so needless to say, you're the asshole. And I imagine Reddit yeah. agrees. Um, yeah, the first top comment is you're the asshole. When he divorces you, he probably won't have to explain his friendship with you to the next woman because seriously, who would want to stay friends with a woman who had treated you like this? T. T T. Yeah, everyone is basically in the comments being like, have fun with your impending divorce. Yeah. I'm, I want to yeah. see if like literally anyone is on her side. I can't even find one. No. <laughs> oh my God. The tone of the post makes me wonder if OP had something to do with the woman dying. Please. Oh my God. <laughs> Not a true crime. Yeah, yeah, no, I I literally can't even find one. <laughs> wow. That's when crazy. you know. I like genuinely don't know what I would do if like a ret like a if I posted on Reddit and the people were this united in the comments yeah. over me being an asshole. You know, I would delete it. I don't know why this is still yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my wife and I were invited to my brother's 31st birthday. He's single and lives alone in his apartment. So to give you the heads up, my wife and him don't get along so well, but can be civil enough to sit at the same table. We went to dinner and talked and everything was going well. No argument till after my wife went to use the bathroom. Later, my brother went to use the bathroom, then came back looking pissed. He kept giving me and my wife looks, but I didn't know what was going on till he pulled me aside before we left and told me that my wife had left her used pad in his bathroom. I was shocked and didn't know what to say because this felt highly inappropriate. He said he didn't appreciate that my wife what my wife did, and it was a sign of disrespect towards him. I apologized profoundly and said I didn't know about it. He asked me to speak to her or she wouldn't be welcome in this place anymore. We got in the car and I asked my wife about it. She nonchalantly said there was nothing wrong with what she did and that my brother was being ridiculous. I kind of flipped and told her it was very inappropriate for her to leave her used pad in his place, even if it was in the bathroom and in the trash can because it made him uncomfortable. She yelled, asking what she was supposed to do, and I told her she could have took it with her and threw it outside, not in his bathroom. That's my brother's place, and he told me how he felt about it. She yelled at me, calling my brother an incel. Literally. <laughs> and me an asshole for getting in her face about it. She said she needed to use the bathroom, and it's not like the pad was visible since she dumped it in the trash can. At home, we still argued about it, and she kept on calling me and my brother's names. She's currently not speaking to me and is avoiding me entirely. Regardless, I feel like it's his place, and he gets to express what makes him uncomfortable in it. Literally, so... tell me that you've never been with a woman without telling me you've <laughs> never been with a woman. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, so when I first read this, I was like, oh, did she, like, freaking stick it on the mirror? Like, when I read the title, I was <laughs> yeah, like, did yeah. she, like, stick it on the mirror? Okay, yeah, then that's a little disrespectful. I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Like what else am I? What else are you supposed to do? Yeah, it's literally like a necessary, like bodily function that you can't control. You're telling me you wanted her to put her dirty pad in her, like in her purse her bag and take it home. I would, I would rather you shoot me dead than me put my dirty <laughs> pad in any of my purses. Like what? Yeah. And like clearly, this guy, like the brother, like this is just because he doesn't like her. Like I would hope. That if any other woman came into his place and left a pad in or any feminine hygiene product in his trash can, that he wouldn't be this much of an asshole. And also, why are you rummaging through your trash can? 
Yeah, well, one of the That's comments kind of, I do. or one of the edits kind of answers that. He said, oh, okay. I can't give info or expand on what was seen, but I can tell you that the trash can does not have a lid. It's one of those trash okay. cans that has a lid on top and you, it's not like one of those trash cans that has a lid on top and you can push it, whatever. So like, it was probably visible. It's not like it was like a covered trash can, but still, why are you looking so closely? <laughs> and also like genuinely where else is she supposed to put it? Yeah. Like, I think that's what a trash can is for. <laughs> yeah. I, I think maybe men just like don't understand like the necessity of having to change it when you have to change it too. Like it's not like, yeah. usually it's not really an option to like wait. <laughs> no. Yeah. Especially like truthfully, especially with a pad. Yeah. Like, would you rather she have bled on your like dining room chair or th- that also would have been disrespectful. Like, <laughs> like. You got to do, you know, if flow comes a knocking, you just got to do what you got to do. That's why I think this man yeah. has just literally like never had experience with any woman, whether it be like a partner or like even like a sister. I bet he doesn't even have sisters. Like I just feel like yeah. he probably grew up with like all men and just like doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's time for him to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should get it by now. You're like 30, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so Reddit has deemed him the OP, the asshole. The top comment is, oh, see, the way you were describing it, it made it seem like she left it unwrapped on the edge of the sink or something, but she threw it away in the bin that's meant for trash. So yeah, you're the asshole. Yeah. Someone goes, changing a pad equals gross. Bleeding on furniture equals acceptable. Got it. I should be taking notes. (laughs) Yeah. I like this comment a little further down that says, um, this reads like, I can't believe you pooped in this house. It made him very uncomfortable. Please don't do it again. Go outside if you must. <laughs> like, what is she You can't. What is she supposed to do? Well, yeah. But uh, that's another thing. He's like, oh, just throw it outside. I don't, I don't want to uh, use pad on my lawn. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a little worse. Throw it outside. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather it in the bin. And also Please. like, I think we're, we're talking a lot about the, um, the brothers, like whose house it was. We're not really talking about the husband. Like, yeah. he's completely in the wrong. I mean, I guess oh, we're, yeah. we're deeming him the asshole, but, like, yeah. thinking about him, too, it's, like, he obviously has a wife and knows how these things work, probably more so. So it's, like, the yeah. fact that you're not defending her is yeah. such a red flag. Like, <laughs> and, like, I totally get, like, wanting to be respectful in someone's home if you're doing something egregious, but she's not. She's doing something that every person with a uterus does for one week every single month. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's it's going to be a no from me, Doug. Yeah. You're in the wrong here. And with that, love ending on an asshole note. I feel like this was an asshole he- heavy episode. Yeah, well, I think just now that I'm like looking it. at it, I think all of them were deemed the asshole by Reddit, but not all of them oh, were deemed gee. the asshole by us. Wow. Oh, no, the sister-in-law's wallet was oh, okay. the she asshole. Okay, we got a little variety According to then. Reddit. That's good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so first Reddit episode of 2023 in the books. Yeah, uh, we hope I had fun. You liked it. I had fun. We hope you had fun. And with that, wish us luck on our dance show next week. Well, I guess it's it, it's in the past. So yeah. pray that we survived our dance show. <laughs> last You'll week. find out if we're back next week. I guess. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and with that, make sure you follow us on Instagram, like and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I, like, can't speak at the end of this episode. I don't know why. I'm so flustered by all the assholes. Um, Leave us any advice that you need in our anonymous suggestion box. And with that, we'll chat with you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys.